everybody. This is Elle. I'm Ashlyn. We are Lobby Cosplay. And welcome back to Shit Cosplayers Say the Judging Edition. So we've had a lot of people over the years ask us about how to become a judge. So we are going to give you guys that info today. This is also another great way to increase diversity at your local convention. What? I've heard from quite a few POC cosplayers that they don't necessarily feel properly represented in the competition community since they don't typically see other POC cosplayers on the judging panel. So another way that you can help increase the diversity at your local convention is suggesting people for judging assignments. Which is going to have some differences than guesting, but a lot of what we discussed in the episode before is going to apply to what you can also do for a judge. Even in this changing time of evolution in our cosplay and convention community, which, speaking of, my podcast shout-out for this episode actually deals a lot with cosplay and convention culture. I am going to shout-out the Conventional Podcast, which is a duo of old-school con-goers and cosplayers who basically sit around and shoot the shit about con-going and con-culture. So, the hosts are Jack Sentinel and Cloudmaster. And honestly, guys, if you just want to hear, like, pure honesty from a bunch that they're not going to sugarcoat it for you, you know, they're going to throw some of that humor around and are obviously having a really good time, like, these are going to be your people. Um, I've talked to Jax a little bit one-on-one before, has been in the scene at least as long as we have. Um, They have a particular episode that I really enjoy about conventions from, like, the early 2000s that I was, like, crying laughing so hard thinking about all these cons that we also had experienced since their locale is Chicago, Illinois. They did also include the infamous Dash Con with that extra hour in that ball pit. Which you will remember Elle was not qualified to judge at. I was not qualified to judge at DashCon. I did not have enough credentials to judge DashCon. But I want to highlight their most recent episode where Jax runs solo and very honestly talks about the state of the cosplay and convention community in the light of both COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement. Jax actually gave really well-researched information on specifically the issue of cosplay being involved in protests, which has been a hot-button item for the last couple of weeks. Um, He also talks about how, you know, we need to respect COVID in the light of missing conventions and just kind of having respect overall as a theme that we as a community should adopt. So I encourage you to check these guys out and listen to their podcast. They upload about once a month, so they're not quite as frequent. 
but they are a really good time. So, judging. Judging, kind of like guesting, is not remotely what you expect it to be. But one of the most common questions I see is, I want to be a judge for a cosplay contest, but I've never made anything. How do I become a judge? First and foremost, you do need to remember that there are different types of cosplay contests. Yes. So there will be some types of cosplay contests in which it could be appropriate to not have a crafter judge. However, that's going to be a cosplay competition that is not based on crafting. So since our experience is judging craftsmanship competitions, that is the type of judge that we are going to discuss in this episode. Yes. Just remember, though, if you have never crafted before, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be a judge at all. You just shouldn't be a judge at a craftsmanship competition if you don't craft. Yes. Which is missed frequently at conventions. <laughs> so unfortunately, organizers for contests typically aren't competitive cosplayers themselves. And so a lot of times they will tie up their cos-famous uh, cosplay guests as judges. Sometimes that's appropriate and sometimes it's not if it's a craftsmanship competition. I personally don't know why you'd want to tie up your expensive guest for eight hours on Saturday, the most populated day of your convention, away from all the attendees that want to see them. And I know that some cons are starting to separate guest from judge, which I think is a really good move, especially in the situation of your very cost-famous guests that people really want to come and see. Because you're trapped. I mean, you're losing an entire day that they could be interacting with attendees. Yes, whether that's running programming or being at a table. I do like the format where some conventions have adopted where they'll have special awards just for guests that aren't necessarily craftsmanship based, but they do include them in the at show judging so they can still attend the masquerade as a guest of honor and still give out an award based on their own criteria, but they're not stuck in prejudging all day with the rest of the craftsmanship judges where they could be possibly spending better use of time somewhere else. Because ideally, you want to see them doing panels and meeting them at their booths instead of them being unavailable all day Saturday of the convention. Well, and if you promise a guest a table as part of their package and they either sell products or prints or selfies, whatever it might happen to be, and you stick them in a judging room all day Saturday, you are cutting into their bottom line, and they are probably not going to have as good of an experience financially as they thought that they were going to if they weren't judging to begin with. So it's probably also going to make your guests extra happy if they're expecting to make money on Saturday of con to not be stuck in the judging room. I really think it would benefit conventions to ask some of their cosplay guests, specifically their bigger name ones, if they even want to judge. 
or if they would prefer to do something else. Because I think the assumption is that the cosplay guest always wants to judge, but from what I've gathered, especially from a lot of these people where this is how they make their living, that's not always the case. Because unless they have someone that can watch their booth for them, like they're going to lose a lot of revenue being in that judging room. Well, and even if they do have somebody qualified that can watch the booth for them, if they are supposed to be the draw as the headliner of that particular booth, them being physically present at the booth is going to help make them more money than if their friend or spouse or significant other or employee happened to be working it instead. Typically, we are still guests when we judge. Judges are not typically given any compensation outside of a badge for most competitions. That is typically why you will also see people doing both guesting and judging, because it's one less person the convention has to try to wrangle, and it's more financially doable for the cosplayer. So if you are a cosplayer and you are put into one of those positions where maybe you are asked to judge or offered to judge, just make sure that you're finding their particular set of benefits that they're willing to offer you acceptable because judging is work and you deserve to be compensated for work. So we actually started judging way before we started guesting, which is relatively common for a crafter cosplayer to start out judging events and then working their way into guesting. We actually ended up judging Daishokan as our first convention after getting best in show at GeekCon in 2015. And that's common if you have people that perform well at local conventions it's not uncommon for them to later be asked to judge either the same convention or another convention in the vicinity. Your organizers crisscross and they go and have booths at other cons, they attend other cons, they volunteer at other cons, and they do networking at other cons. So that's a great way for them to find people for their events. And that's how we got picked up for that first gig. It was because we won a contest yeah the cosplay organizers were in the uh, audience they had had a table for Daishokan um, at the convention and they were in the audience and they were impressed and they invited us and that was that really I mean the end, the end. We, we've gotten pretty lucky that judging wise we haven't really had to hunt cons down you know you also want to look at like what quality of experience you can give but also what the quality of experience you're going to have as well so definitely kind of like with guesting talk to other people who have judged for a convention because that's going to give you a lot of knowledge as to what you're getting yourself into before you get there what you can expect and if you have competed in that competition previously you will generally have some sort of an idea of what part of the picture looks like just from your personal experiences in the judging room. Typically, there's a few ways that people normally end up getting to judge. Um, we've kind of talked about the, the cost-famous route, which may mean that the person is or is not a crafter. 
but they are well known enough that a convention wants them to judge. Typically, they are known in some fashion for their crafting. That may be competing or not competing. You know, competing doesn't necessarily make you a good judge, but man, does it give you an insight that other people can't have about what the competitors are going through. And I would definitely recommend if judging is something that you're interested in and you do not currently compete, that you do actively participate in a variety of contests so that you know from an attendee and a competitor standpoint kind of what your peers are going through. Because I think if you can relate to them and what they go through as part of their competition experience, that it makes you a better judge. Sometimes contests will look at you as far as awards are concerned. You'll notice that a lot of cons will maybe invite their best in show the following year to judge or someone who's competed and won multiple awards at their convention to judge. I remember a few years ago we applied for a con and one of the reasons they told us we weren't qualified to judge at their convention was we hadn't competed there enough yet and won enough awards through their convention. And so that particular con only wanted judges that had patroned their convention in the past. So, you know, that so it can be a way kind of like, again, networking. You build a relationship with the convention and then they decide they want to invite you to participate. Now, when I say numerous awards, if the con knows what they're doing, it's going to be quality, not quantity. Because different awards have different weight. You know, there's a difference between winning an award at your local one-day Comic-Con and winning Best in Show at Anime Expo. We're going to make it really broad, guys. Running around and competing at every single contest that you see isn't necessarily going to help you, so don't feel like you need to put that stress on yourself to make your number bigger. And if you are actually concerned about your caliber of awards and your cosplay department heads are doing proper research on their cosplayers, they're also going to take into account that if you get four high-level awards for four separate quality costume sets, that's going to have a higher weight than sandbagging and getting four high awards with the exact same costume because one of them shows expertise in one area whereas potentially having multiple costume sets will show expertise over a long period of time in potentially different areas it'll show consistency with quality well an award number doesn't have as much weight as people tend to think it does it does if you take a look at us we have what nine now i think we're up to maybe 11 i stopped counting but we have judged over 30 contests and there's reasons for that and we will get to what makes a good judge and why people invite certain people because yeah awards look good because it shows that you understand how a contest works and that your craftsmanship must be at a pretty decent level if you've been able to get some awards now again 
awards are based on who shows up. So they're really, in the grand scheme of things, a very subjective way to like rate whether or not someone is qualified to judge. My personal expectation when looking at judges and potentially looking at quality level, just quality level on its own, is I want my judges to be at least on par with the average master's contestant that shows up. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because if they don't seem like they're on that master's level, it's hard to see them judging a craftsmanship contest. And as a competitor... If I show up to a contest and I know that there is a novice crafter who is judging me in masters, it kind of makes your contest lose a little bit of credibility from my experience in talking to other masters cosplayers if they don't think that your judges are qualified. So people will actually avoid going to your contest if they think that your judges are not qualified to judge craftsmanship. So just like with guesting, part of this is climbing that ladder and building a resume and building trust and building a network. Relationships is your keyword. Part of climbing that ladder is also building a portfolio of your own work if you want to be judging craftsmanship. Yes, you need to be able to show your own mastery of technique. Like, the reason that we say you should be a crafter to be a judge at a craftsmanship contest is there really is no other way for you to know if something was made well if you don't make anything yourself. And you don't have to be a master of every craft. That's where having a diversified panel of judges comes in. But a lot of the same basics are going to be covered in any medium that you happen to use as far as cleanliness, fit, finishings. Those are going to be universal regardless of what type of medium you decide to create your cosplay out of. So you don't have to be a master at sewing and armor and LEDs and prop making. If you have a specialty, that's fine. Because ideally, your department heads are going to be looking for a diversified panel of judges who can meet multiple criteria and fill in each other's weaknesses. You need a general understanding of everything, But yeah, as Ash said, you don't need to be a master of all. For those of us that identify in the master category, which let's face it, there are different levels even within masters, we get very frustrated when conventions choose non-crafters to judge a craftsmanship contest. It's actually, honestly, for... The crafting community, almost insulting. That would also be the word that I would use. No, we work really, really hard to create these works of art. And it's kind of a slap in the face when you walk into the judging room and there's a person in front of you who might be famous, 
but has never made it a thing in their life. And now they're they're going to decide whether or not your work is quality. And it's not fair to your competitors' conventions to do that. Many different kinds of cosplay guests are valid and awesome. And that diversity in guesting is fabulous. But your model cosplayer who doesn't make anything probably doesn't belong in the judging room. That doesn't mean they can't be a contest judge at all. Right. Perhaps if you have walk-ons as part of your repertoire of awards, if you have a model cosplayer who is obviously well-known and good at posing, they would be great for giving out performance awards for walk-ons because they can properly judge the composition of those particular poses on their three points on stage and how the look is as a whole possibly compared to someone else. I mean, they definitely can have their place in judging, but as far as judging the craftsmanship of a costume, it's it's kind of tough. My personal opinion is I'm not super flexible about it, but We've had not great experiences because of that kind of a setup as well. So you judge situations by your experience and the couple judging experiences that we've personally have that have been very negative have involved judges who don't craft. I mean, I don't mean to be flippant. It would just be nice if conventions would start to take some of that into consideration that if your judge isn't at the level of master's craftsmanship, and even for some, it doesn't even need to be master's, honestly, depending on the size and newness of your con. But if they don't make anything, then how are they going to know what they're looking at? I mean, the other thing too, is if you're, convention community isn't large enough where you have been able to network with quality crafters yet. You haven't built up your convention that high. You don't necessarily have to get cosplay crafters Mm -hmm. specifically. I've seen people bring in bridal shop owners, sewing guild members, machinists, a little bit of Everything as far as industry professionals I've seen on judging tables before. Go to your local quilters guild and find somebody who's been sewing for a long time. Go to your maker space and find one of your instructors there. Some of those people might be willing to come in and help out because they just want to help the community thrive. Some of those people might be willing to come in and do it for a badge and exposure for their business. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's a cosplayer just because you feel like you need a cosplayer. If they are a master of a craft, they will understand the basics. The level of mastery of craft that you need from your judge should be proportionate to the level of craftsmanship you expect from your contest. So some of these smaller conventions and contests you know in my head I'm thinking like some of the small one day comic cons most of those costumes aren't probably going to be handmade 
of a lot of them are, they're probably going to be more at the novice level. You probably don't need like a three-time WCS winner coming in judging your contest. Like you just need someone who's proportionate to the level of craftsmanship that you expect. So you might take someone who's done a little bit of competing. Maybe they're in that like intermediate category. Great way to get them introduced to judging. We did it backwards and started with like a regular convention and then did some one days. <laughs> so we kind of did it out of order, but most people for climbing their ladder they're going to start with some of those one-day conventions. So don't expect to go straight from zero to, like, Anime Expo or Otakon or one of these huge conventions. Like, you're going to want to gain some experience because there's a massive learning curve on how to judge as well. Yes. And these one-days are really nice for gaining that experience, kind of getting a feel for the right amount of like support and conversation during a judging session and getting a feel for like what to look for as a judge um, and what judges typically do look for, which when we do our episode on being judged, we will talk more about what judges are looking for in the judging room. Look up some of those local one day events and see if they need a judge. It's a great way. If you don't ask, you don't know. Right. It's a great way to start. Like, build up some of those, build a rapport, and then try contacting a larger event. Relationships. Yes. Well, the nice thing, too, we mentioned earlier, if you compete, you're also fostering those relationships. So a lot of times, conventions are going to have either the exact same team of people running the event every year, or... If they do pass off their cosplay department from one person to another, typically it's going to be somebody else that was already within either that specific cosplay volunteer department or possibly even a competitor that you might have previously met. So if you already have a good relationship with your particular convention that you're looking at judging at as a previous competitor, both with the organizers, the former judges, and even your peers, you're going to have a better chance of fostering that future relationship for judging. Are there some people that just get lucky and jump straight to some big convention? Sure. I mean, there are, but that's not going to be the majority. Most people are going to need to do the legwork and build the resume and build the contacts and the connections to get themselves out there to come and judge. It is important to note that judging's not going to make you cost famous, guys. For some reason, it seems to be more around judging than guesting. But people seem to think that being invited as a judge to a con is suddenly going to make you cost famous. Well, first of all, if you are a judge at a con, unless you tell somebody, probably nobody outside of the competitors is going to know that. Yes. Because you are going to be stuck in a room all day. You might be stuck in a panel room on Friday 
if they require you to participate in their competition panel, if they have one. Sometimes judges are required to do that. You are likely going to be eating up your entire Saturday by judging, so you're not actually going to see anybody. And your chances of being listed as a judge on either social media or the website or in the program book are going to be slim to none. It does happen occasionally, but typically not. Here's the thing. These two episodes are basically the, like, road of broken dreams here, guys, because we're going to be as honest as we can with you guys, but this is what judging is like. You get up at the crack of dawn, and you are thrown in this room, typically for five on the short end to eight hours with contestant after contestant after contestant coming into the room. You are typically given judging sheets with numbers on them that don't mean anything. Well, and typically in my personal experience, judging sheets are considered a guideline. They are not a hard and fast rule on anything. And the numbers are typically not defined. So they are very subjective based on the person who is judging and the costume. And they might fluctuate as you go through the day. Because if you see people that all morning are more novice and they might just be a little bit different by the end. So I've never personally had luck with using judging sheets as they are fully intended when they come with numbers. I prefer judging sheets that have categories and spaces for me to either circle specific things or write notes. Because regardless, I'm going to be writing notes. Sometimes I just flip the sheet over and only have the contact information on the front and I am just scribbling notes all over as fast as I can. I'm going to write down as much information that I find important in regards to this particular costume. Um, I personally also like to take photos of the contestant, at least one, so that when we're going through judging and we need a refresher, we can go ahead and do that. But judging sheets, in my personal opinion, are fairly worthless. You don't get the judging sheets from your judges because they're typically a chicken scratch hot mess in shorthand that only the judge can understand that wouldn't mean anything to you and with certain contestants would probably open a can of worms that nobody wants to have to get into because uh, maybe maybe you wouldn't be surprised by this, but there are contestants that will seriously like come out of the woodwork and scream at you when they don't win. It's happened before at a con we were judging at to one of the friends we were judging with. They went to the bathroom and got stalked and yelled at by a contestant because they did not win an award. That is not appropriate behavior. However, just be aware that that could potentially happen to you. It's actually very likely that you will get some sort of negative feedback from a likely butthurt contestant we have at every single convention we have ever judged for, including teeny tiny cons, like teeny one day events, where someone, parent, person, whatever, are butthurt that so-and-so won an award and they did not. 
FYI, contestants, that is one way to get you blacklisted from a contest. (laughs) Because that is not sportsmanship. So keep that in mind that if you, you know, go to Facebook after you compete and blast the con or the judges, that may not be a good look for you. Especially if you have hopes of judging or guesting in your future. But as a judge, you need to be prepared for those kind of things to happen. Because there are people who are going to blame you when they lose and they may come after you. And we're just being honest, guys, because we want you to know what you're in for. You also need to keep in mind, as a judge, you are probably dealing with a lot of very nervous people. You need to keep this positive, upbeat air about you, even though you're tired and stressed and hungry. And you have to pee. And you have to pee. You need to be on, you know, little ray of sunshine, because your job is to keep those competitors comfortable. You are there to, or should at least be there in our opinion, a judge should be there to show support for the contestants, not intimidate the contestants. Because when you are a judge, the contest is not about you. What? Wait, 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 wait. So wait, when people compete at a convention, the competition isn't about the people judging the people competing at the convention? I mean, if you want to be super specific as somebody that was an organizer, I would say it's about the audience. But it is first and foremost for the competitors to show their costumes off on stage. You want them to shine themselves in the best light possible, both for the competition's sake and for the audience's sake, because everybody wants to have a good show. Because the more support you can have the audience give to the contest, the more resources will be put into future competitions. So our level of sarcasm comes from the inevitable where you'll see someone who's new to judging, who's going to be judging for the first time, who's more concerned about what costume they're going to go on stage in than whether or not they're going to be able to take care of the contestants all day. Or more concerned with what they're wearing in the judging room. (laughs) Side note, conventions, please stop making your judges dress in full costume to judge. It's near impossible to do it. It's intimidating to the contestants. Please let us wear normal clothes and then wear fancy things on stage. Trying to judge someone's costume while you're wearing a freaking ball gown, it's just impossible. The, the idea behind it is that conventions are trying to show the competitors that their judges are qualified. However, from what we've had as feedback from contestants, it has an opposite effect and intimidates the contestants, particularly your newer contestants. And it also makes the judge's job really difficult because you can't move around and flip seams and, and do your job. Well, and wearing fancy costumes is distracting. So you don't want your judges to be in your room messing with their own wigs and their own undergarments and their own fit all day. You want them to be readily focused on your competitors because that's their job that you hired them for is to judge your contest. And if they are too busy 
dealing with their own costume issues, their contact lenses and their hairpins falling out and their props falling apart and their body paint, which you definitely should never wear in a judging room unless you're a competitor. (laughs) If they're too busy focused on all of those things, they're distracted and they're not judging properly. Judging is a very selfless act. You have to give way more than you get. Proportionately. You have to be very passionate about judging to be a judge. Because it has to be something that you love doing or it's not worth it. It's very much like being a teacher. You you yes. need to have that, that inner love and desire for nurturing others and supporting others to be able to be a quality judge. And you will have people come to you after the contest and ask for feedback. Sometimes it'll be while you're still standing in the room. It might be weeks later on social media. But you will often have people ask for feedback. So just expect that. We always try to give as much thorough, constructive criticism as we can while reminding people that it's not necessarily about what you did. It might be what somebody else did that actually ultimately swayed the decision. Because you have to continuously remain professional. Another new judge mistake that we often see is giving criticism during judging. Please try to save your constructive criticism for the contestants until after the contest, even if they ask for it during judging, because sometimes they will. Just politely tell them that you'd be more than happy to give them constructive criticism afterwards. There are a couple reasons for this. Some of it is saving your butt. Because if you give them criticism during judging and then they don't win something, they may go behind your back and say, well, so-and-so told me I did XYZ wrong. And so that must have been why I didn't win. And then they blast you as a judge. It's also just not the appropriate time to give criticism when emotions are high. I usually recommend that if they can, wait till at least like Sunday to ask us for feedback. Because, you know, whether you win or you lose, you're going to be on this massive emotional high after a contest. And you may not take the criticism as well as you would, you know, the next day. So if you are a judge, I would recommend if you have cosplay cards to go ahead and bring them and just set them out on the table. And if somebody wants to take them, they can. We always tell everybody if they want to contact us, they can go ahead and send us an email or a DM and say, hey, you know, if you have any questions or anything, or if you want to talk about it later, just let us know. It's just part of our normal judging spiel that we go through while we're recording down other information. That way, everybody knows that the offer is there if they want to talk about it and how they can get a hold of us. And that's helped deter a lot of those questions in the middle of judging. Which, like Elle said, there's a time and a place for everything. And during or immediately following the competition is not typically the correct time. Maybe there's additional information that we would have been able to give you if we would have been able to give out a more thought-out response. 
maybe we can review our notes and say, hey, X, Y, Z, this is what I had down. Or these are some general tips that we noticed from the competition as a whole. So if we see a recurring theme with small things that a lot of competitors can do, we can just go ahead and give that quick list to everybody in addition to specific feedback on a specific costume, which will in general help them for future contests as well. Well, and there is a difference between constructive criticism and criticism. And this goes back to being professional. You want to be cognizant of how you phrase things and how you say them. Typically, you lead with a positive, then to a quote-unquote negative in order to give constructive criticism. You know, I really liked the way that you designed your bodice. I thought it had a really nice fit to it. The finishing on the bottom is a little bit frayed, and next time I would do XYZ. And the XYZ is important, because if you just tell somebody everything that's wrong with their costume, but don't give them any suggestions on how to fix them, you're not really helping them learn. And if you don't tell them what they did right, you're also not helping them learn, because knowing what you did right gives you a basis to move forward from. Yes. Because unfortunately, and this goes for me as a contestant as well, if you only tell me what I did wrong, I'm going to assume because of my imposter syndrome that I didn't do anything right. You obviously ask for feedback. And if they do focus on like this one thing, but only for a brief second, and then they kind of just gloss over the rest of it and then only focus on the negatives, you're like, well, what about the in-between? Or what was good about this? Because we had several people the last couple times we compete that kind of just dismissed the good stuff because they assumed that we knew and didn't touch on it. But depending on the competitor, that might break them down a little bit. It might tear them down if you're not lifting them up. Our newer contestants in particular need that positive feedback to keep going. Our job is to foster the new collective of contestants you want to keep getting new contestants and so in order to keep them going yes you need to tell them what they can do better but you need to tell them what they did right this also goes with not bashing cosplayers behind their backs professionalism so you may have had a negative experience with a cosplayer you may have, say, vocalized that in the judging room to your other judges, you should not then go out into the world and vocalize it to everyone else. That's nope, not professional. Even if you think you're hiding that person's identity, it doesn't look good for you as a judge. Well, and frankly, if you have a legitimate, legitimate issue with a contestant that should be vocalized, you need to make sure it goes to the correct people. Posting it publicly on Facebook is not one of those places. But if you have a legitimate concern about a contestant, going to your convention staff, 
would be more appropriate. And possibly even certain judging circles might consider that appropriate as a heads up if there is a very specific level of behavior, especially in regards to cheating. Those types of venues might be appropriate to discuss somebody specifically, but talking in vague randoms about somebody on the internet publicly is very unprofessional and you should not do it. And we've had situations with multiple what we like to call repeat offenders, uh, typically due to cheating, that we've had to go and talk to conventions about and been like, look, just so you know, this person tends to cheat when they compete. We're going to be looking for that. Or, you know, this person has a tendency to go around and bash and talk badly about their competitors. Keep an eye out for that. But we definitely don't go out onto the internet and call them out. Like, we try to handle it in a professional manner. Because in the end, we want to keep the environment of the cosplay competition positive and not focus on these few bad apples that might come in the door. So knowing all of this, what actually makes a good judge? It's honestly like your knowledge of craft isn't number one as far as when I look at people to choose judges. And that can depend on the level of contest. So again, I'm choosing, you know, when I help pick judges for different contests, they are, you know, medium-sized conventions to small conventions. We're not talking the crown championships of cosplay or something like that. You know, we're talking about moderate-sized cons, moderate-sized competitions. Yes, you need a knowledge of crafting. But in the cases of a lot of these cons the predominant number of competitors is going to be in the novice category. I mean, I think Colossal Con might be the con that had the most masters I've ever seen at 13. And that's going to depend on your rules. Oh, well, yeah, because some some cons have masters at three, some cons have masters at like eight. In general you know, two or three masters competitors, and the majority of them are going to be novice. So while crafting is important, and it is, and you should have a good level of crafting, if you have this great knowledge of crafting, but you are condescending to the contestants, or, you know, not giving them attention or you're not you know being cooperative i i don't care if you're the best cosplayer in the world i'm not hiring you to judge because i don't need that in my judging room like a person who can help foster and grow future competitors and provide support and be dependable and represent the convention in a positive manner inside and outside of the judging room is what ultimately makes a good judge. Like, those crafting skills are needed, but to be a truly good judge, you need those components as well. Because, again, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not? 
No. Are you sure? It's not. I feel like it's still about me. I bet you think this podcast is about you. Well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in this picture and I don't like it. (laughs) Is this about me? Butterfly (laughs) meme? (laughs) So let's say you've heard these qualities and you're like, hey, my friend would make a kick-ass judge. Well, guess what, guys? You can help your friend with that, or you can help yourself. So if you have not listened to the guesting episode, please do so, because a lot of those tactics are going to be useful for you. Judging spots are typically handled by your cosplay department, so you will probably try to talk to them directly, if at all possible. They may have a list of people that judge all the time. They may not. Doesn't hurt to ask. You can also suggest other people to judge at a convention that aren't yourself. This would be a great way to increase diversity at cons. Again, throwing that back in there. Let's increase some diversity. Do it. Go tell your local con that you found someone that you think would be qualified to judge their contest. Providing they want to. So again, ask before you submit. If they don't typically judge, just ask them if that's something they would be interested in doing. Not everybody would be interested in being submitted as a contest judge because it does eat your entire weekend and there is little to no recognition in it. However, if you know, especially now, when conventions in general are saying that they want to increase the number of Black and POC cosplayers that are at their events. If you don't typically have a Black or POC cosplayer on your judging panel, make sure you suggest some Black and POC crafters as potential judges. I prefer to see, especially for larger cons, not only a diverse level of crafting masteries, but also a diverse demographic as far as the contest judges go, whether that's race, gender, etc. And ultimately, as a cosplay department head, if you nurture those relationships with the Black and POC cosplay communities and include Black and POC judges on your judging teams, you are more likely to get Black and POC competitors because they are going to feel like they are better represented at your contest. I mean, that right there seems like more than enough reason to get on this now. Although it should have been got on forever ago. Well, we can't fix what happened in the past, but we can do better in the future. That's right. And yes, I mean, we've been very honest with you guys about judging. We do love it. We do it because we love it. We do it because we want the competition community to continue to grow. Over the years, we've seen it become less and less and less. Um, Less people are making their own costumes. Less people want to give up their entire Saturday to sit in the judging, you know, to be judged and to be tied up with the competition. 
you know, we don't want to see cosplay contests go to the wayside. We want to continue to foster and develop, you know, new and somewhat experienced cosplayers so they can come in and continue this legacy. And then they can teach new cosplayers and it just keeps folding on itself so that, you know, the cosplay competition world doesn't come to an end. We're not going to do this forever, obviously. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe we'll be in our 90s and still going to cosplay contests. I have no idea. It could happen. Well, at that point, it would just be for the shtick. <laughs> right? We can be the fairies from uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, oh, good. That's what I always figured. If I When I got old, I would cosplay the fairies from Sleeping Beauty. There are so many old characters. I feel like we can totally make all these things happen. We could. Actually, that's one of the great things about getting older that I've decided is that there are just so many other opportunities open to me. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of characters that are like teens and early 20s, but there are also some really awesome characters that are older. <laughs> and I feel like maybe it's a little more age appropriate for me to play some of those now. Again, cosplay who you want, but <laughs> you don't want to play the 10 year old girl anymore. I mean, I still will play the 10-year-old <laughs> girl, but <laughs> at some point, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore very efficiently. So in, you know, 20 years, guys, we want to we want to see all of you still competing. <laughs> we'll be your your old judges. I'm down with that. Sitting there in 20 years, then we can go on stage and go, we've been cosplaying for 40 years. 40 years. We actually wouldn't be that old in 20 years. We'd only be in our 50s. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe like 30 years, guys. We're not going to be that old in 30 years either. (laughs) 40. But that's okay. 40 when I was your age. (laughs) Yes. We couldn't buy our costume. We had to pause the videos and do drawings and make them ourselves. You youngins, we had get to up illegally my download. We had to illegally download things on the internet. And <laughs> yes, and illegally download things on the internet. So I hope that this episode helps some of you out that have been eagerly wanting to know how we became judges and how you yourself can become a judge. If you would like to see us as a judge at your local convention, the same concepts do apply. Um, However, we're not looking at much in 2020, as we mentioned before with guesting. So if you want to see us at your convention in 2021... Many of these uh, tactics will apply. But whether you have positive or negative experiences judging, please keep trying. Please keep going. You know, those negative experiences are fewer and far between in comparison to the positive experiences. And if you do submit for judging and you are turned down, it's okay if you want to ask for feedback and say, hey, so just out of curiosity. I mean, it's the same thing as competitors whenever they're asking for feedback. You can ask for 
constructive criticism on your judging submission to see how the particular convention would like to see you improve your resume. Or it might just be that they already had all their judges picked out before you asked, but you might not necessarily know those things. Or perhaps they prefer for a certain number of awards. We've had coordinators tell us that before, that we don't compete frequently enough. Or like Elsa said earlier, we've had some competitions that have been like, well, you don't compete at our specific convention enough for us to consider you as a judge. Those are those types of things that you can take the feedback on and either work on or potentially decide maybe it's not worth your time. If you only compete once a year and they want you to have a dozen or more awards, then unless they change that policy going forward, it's probably not going to be worth your while to submit to judge again. But you never know unless you ask. And I think that's really all we have on this topic for today. TLDR, submit your Black and POC judges. Judging is a lot of work, but it's definitely a labor of love and a worthwhile experience if you enjoy it. So, I'm Ashlyn. I'm Elle. We are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Judge Talk. <laughs> we need like a gavel. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Shit Cosplayers Say, an LVC production. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast SCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story? Absurd cosplay question? Or just something in general to share with us? Email us at podcastscs at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can, doesn't mean you should.